You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 311 with Sarah McElroy. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Well, hello, everyone. I am super excited to have Sarah on the show today. I want to talk about this topic because I feel like so many women stay in jobs that they hate, that they're miserable and it's toxic for them, but they just don't know how to go about quitting. They don't know if they should quit and they just think they should just keep staying in something that is not good for them. So Sarah is going to share with us her journey on quitting a job and then finding a second job that wasn't any better and that she had to quit that and what that looked like and how all of this kind of just played on her health and it found her being run down and just having health scares and she knew she needed a change. So if this is something that you have been feeling or maybe it's not as drastic, but you know that like you're just not happy where you are, but you're kind of just nervous to make that change and transition to something else. This episode is for you. If you know someone who is struggling and miserable in their job, please share this episode. But I hope you guys find this really inspiring. Let's go to the show. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. It's great to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Okay. So Sarah, I like to ask icebreakers to start off the show and I always love to leave my listeners inspired. So this is the question that I like to ask. What is one thing you wish you could tell your younger self? Uh, I love this question so much. And I will say as we get talking, it is something I've been thinking a lot about as far as my story and how I've gotten to where I am. But the main thing that I would tell the younger version of myself is that I have always known or like, Sarah, you have always known what is right for you. Trust yourself. Trust your gut. The answers are always within you. You don't have to be looking outside of yourself for the shoulds of what your career should look like. All of those things, you know, trust your heart and your gut. I love that. Okay. So I have been batching with my podcast and so I've been doing several um, and literally another guest pretty much said the same exact thing. Really? So, yeah. So this Love is it. like, yeah. So this is one of the things that why I like asking this question. One is just to hear it. And so if you've never thought whatever that person's saying to kind of be like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Or if you start hearing multiple answers that are similar that like, oh, like to pay attention to that, right? Like yes. that if, if they're saying that, if they could have told their younger version of themselves, this thing that like, this is probably a big thing that we have either been, you know, uh, just trained uh, to think a certain way or, or, or whatever, how we grew up. And so, um, I just, so I just love that. And I have had somebody say to like, to trust yourself that you do know yes. the answers and stuff like that. So Beautiful. absolutely love that. Um, okay. Sarah, how about you tell us your whole name and where you live? Yes. My name is Sarah McElroy and I live in Boca Raton, Florida. Oh, I love that place. I've been, I was there like a long time ago. Well, how many years ago? Mm, eight years ago. Such a great place. How long it's have you lived beautiful. there? You know, I've only been here for a little over a year. I okay. moved down here after, after burning out really hard yeah. during the pandemic <laughs> and I was in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. (laughs) And I needed a a fresh start, a change of pace and life at the beach and uh, slow down. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Everything the doctor ordered. Yes. Okay. Can you pronounce your last name again? McElroy. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure I get that correct when I uh, do the intro. So, all right. I want to have you kind of just back us up a little bit, Sarah, and tell us 
how you got to where you are today, and then we'll jump into the interview. Sure, definitely. Well, it is, it's a funny thing to look back on the former version of me because I was always that corporate good girl. And that Mm. is why I give myself that piece of advice because I was the corporate good girl who would do anything anyone asked of me or like anything anyone asked of me, I would do it because I just felt like that was the way it had to be. I was taught that was the way it had to be. Give me the, you know, perfect good girl playbook and I will execute it flawlessly. I will not ask questions. I will keep my head down and I will wear my ability to outwork anyone as a badge of honor. And so after I was divorced in 2014 and it was like, okay, I'm not going to have the kids and the family and all of that, that I thought I was going to have. And I was 29 at the time. It was like, what else makes me feel good and makes me feel whole. And really it was like, what makes me feel worthy, honestly? Mm -hmm. And that was my career. And so I threw myself back into that wholeheartedly, like everything went into the career basket at that point. And so I was doing quite well and ended up climbing up to the the C-suite by the age of 35. And that was mid-pandemic when I was also juggling an executive MBA program and I'm showing up in this organization that is, I'm, you know, certainly happy to be there and that like the CMO role is perfect on paper. And that's what I thought I'd always wanted. And I get there though, and the organization is so toxic and there's backstabbing and gaslighting mm. and lying amongst the, the team and stuff. But I'm thinking like, if I can just show them I deserve to be there. This this has got to stop. I'm sure it'll be okay. So I'm trying to prove myself and juggle school. And I end up working up to 20 hours a day to juggle both. Now, it wasn't every single day, but it was like really unsustainable and unhealthy. I end up graduating though, and I still am, I'm still struggling. During that time, I had a couple of episodes of throwing up blood that mm. landed me in the ER. And then I ended up getting shingles in April, 2021. Oh. Wow. Yes. Well, and so the shingles diagnosis was the real moment of personal reckoning for me, because as the doctor is telling me that I have shingles, I am overjoyed. That is my response, Wow, which sounds so nuts, but (laughs) it was like, it was like the permission I needed. Mm. I was going to get to take 10 days off from work for a socially acceptable reason. And no one was going to be able to say anything about that. And so it's like, I I just didn't want to show any sort of weakness when I'm already in a situation where I'm the youngest person on the executive team and um, really struggling to prove my value and deal with a lot of the the toxic and dysfunctional issues there. So I just didn't want to have to say that I needed a break when clearly I did. So my body stepped in when I oh yeah. Sometimes your body will tell you what you need to do. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. and that's what I think. Like. I never realized, and so many of the women that I've spoken to since then, that our bodies do know mm-hmm. and our soul <laughs> knows yes, when we yeah. need to be doing something differently. And if we we can only ignore all of that for so long until it manifests in ways that will capture our attention. Yes, I agree. I do really feel that way. I feel like um, our bodies will 
kind of start breaking down to slow us down, right? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so then I, I kind of do this whole, I leave that doctor's office and I have so much compassion for that version of Sarah. And I understand why I felt that way, but that was also that moment. Okay. Of, okay. Like Sarah, we're going to have to do something differently because being overjoyed to have an illness that could potentially lead to paralysis or blindness. Like this is not a normal response (laughs) to getting that kind of a diagnosis. So I decided to really hit the life reset button. I got a new job down in Florida. I moved from the hustle and bustle of the city in Atlanta to the beach down here. I cut back on my hours. I'm doing yoga and I'm meditating and I'm doing all of the things that they tell you to do for burnout. And I can't figure out though, why my burnout is not completely healing. Yes, I'm feeling better and I found more peace, but it's not completely feeling like I'm myself again. And finally, I put it together that I'd come down to an organization down here that had really uh, deep misogynistic undercurrents running Mm. through the organization. And I was dealing with the sexual harassment situation that wasn't properly investigated for months. And finally it was like, Oh my gosh, Sarah, this is, this is what's happening. You've got this nascently healing burnout wound. And yet you're walking into an organization every day where you are not respected. Your voice is not being heard. You're afraid of what, Uh, might happen, it makes sense that this is keeping that burnout from completely healing. So I ultimately ended up quitting that job as well and just thought, I cannot be the only woman who is experiencing this. You know, I'm I'm reeling. I was the perfect good girl. Now I quit two executive level Mm. roles that look perfect on paper in a span of nine months. Who am I and what is going on? But I was thinking in the midst of the great resignation with millions of other women voting with their feet and choosing to seek different in their lives related to their careers, there's got to be something else bigger at play. I can't be the only person getting mired in these spin cycles of burnout. And so that's what inspired me to create Raise to Rise, a journalism project and movement amplifying the powerful voices and stories from women of the great resignation. So I want to ask you about that. Okay. So you go from, you know, having, you know, a nine to five, well, and more hours, I would imagine, but a tra- like more traditional corporate yes. job to doing this, like, how did you even, obviously you needed to quit. Like you knew that this was not good for you, but you still need to make money. So like, how did you know to be like, okay, I'm going to make this big leap and hope that everything turns out. Okay. You know, it was terrifying. If I'm straight up honest, terrifying. And I think anybody, I honestly believe that anyone who says that they weren't or aren't scared in the face of these kinds of big life decisions, aren't fully in touch with that part of themselves or aren't being completely honest because we are biologically hardwired to have fear to keep us safe. And that speaks to being able to pay our bills and the like. And so that is, that is what keeps uh, most of us stuck is, is that real tangible fear. But for me, it had gotten to a point where The fear didn't matter anymore because I knew I was there. It was breaking me to walk into that organization every day. And I knew I just had to figure it out, even if that meant 
on the other side, not having a paycheck or a plan. I had some savings and some loans that could tide me over for a time being. And I just felt like I have to pull this thread. This is a loose thread on a sweater. I just feel like there's something bigger here and a a conversation that will help so many women. Because what also happened during that time, when I went from uh, Atlanta to Florida, I commented on an article by a columnist at the Wall Street Journal related to burnout on LinkedIn. And another uh, reporter from the Wall Street Journal saw that comment and reached out to me. So I shared my story with him for an article that ran in December of last year. And after that, opening up and being vulnerable about my experience with burnout. I didn't share anything about what was happening with the new job down here because honestly, I hadn't even put it together that that new job and and the situation was contributing to some of my inability to heal. Because in my mind, it was the way the media has painted burnout Mm -hmm. in that it's overworking kind of a thing. But um, I... I share my story and all of a sudden I have so many people reaching out men, but really it was the stories from other women wanting to talk about burnout, the struggles during the pandemic, the issues they're having related to toxic cultures at work, being a working mom and trying to balance and juggle anything, everything. It was like, these were deeper, more genuine and heartfelt conversations and important, more important than any other work that I had ever done. And so I just felt like because so many people were reaching out in private, but not talking about everything as publicly as I, I thought we could be, that it was important to dis- important discourse to bring forth and to create a bigger conversation for more women to be able to share their stories. Yeah, I mean, it is very fascinating that it you commenting on something and then that just kind of set everything into motion, right? Totally. And so what I would love for you to explain to people though, like, so here's something, you have an idea and you're gonna jump ship from your job that is secure into this unknown. Um, like, did you even know like how you would even make money with this? Like how you would even start? Because I have a feeling a lot of women kind of have these ideas and they're just like, I just don't know if this is going to work. And if they've been working in the workforce for so long, they are so used to having that security. So for you, how did you go, okay, I'm going to let go of this job and then I'm going to try this thing that I don't even know it's going to make money. Like like what, what thoughts were going through your mind when you're like, okay, I may have to go work at Starbucks or something. I don't know. Like what, what was happening for you? Totally. I mean, that has been the the scariest piece of it all. And I have just had to get comfortable with trusting that there's something important and of value here that not only will have impact, but will be able to sustain me. So I will say, even as I quit, I actually, that last job, I had a, what I don't actually <laughs> recommend for people quitting their jobs, but yeah. it was just like this boiling point, burn right. it down moment. Yeah, where right. I um I had been pushing for an investigation to be done related to these sexually harassing comments that were made. And one of the comments was actually even overheard by a member of HR in October of oh, last year. Wow. But an investigation, like a formal investigation didn't happen then, nor did it happen for months until I kept pushing the issue and I raised it uh, up the flagpole even higher in January of this past year. And I get 
the readout. They they pulled the first first HR person off of the situation because she dropped the ball and they put another woman on it. And I get a one hour calendar invite put on my calendar for the readout of the investigation from this woman. And I hop on uh, with her and I have given her 3000 words of documentation that is covering four months of missteps related to how the company had handled these situations. And she reads back to me the quote unquote findings from the investigation in all of four minutes. Well, here's the thing. There were no findings. Nothing new was of it or was coming out of it. It was like, we have an open door policy. If you have issues in the future, please let us know. You can work from home for the next like month or whatever. And uh, please keep this confidential. Don't share this with other employees. It was like 10 bullet points, 192 words to try to sum up what had been four months of my mm. deteriorating well-being. And it was like, I know what happened here. Yeah. You all are sick of me complaining about this. And just legally at this point, they had to do something. So it was just so check the box and perfunctory that that night, I drafted this blistering anti-harassment resignation letter talking about like the power of women's voices. And I went into the office the next day before dawn and I am like shaking mm, <laughs> finger yeah. over the send button and I hit send and I send it not only to my boss, but I send it to HR and I send it to the CEO of the company and I mm. walk out. I am not giving two weeks notice. Mm. I am done. And this is the antithesis of the good girl I yeah. have always been. And so I just, that was, that was a reactive sort of a thing, but it was this boiling point that had been building for a while sure. and yeah. it just had to happen. So all that said, I did not know exactly what I was going to do. Even at that point, I thought I was going to do something around perhaps a book related to burnout because that had been really what I'd been talking about before. But because I had gone from this one toxic culture and situation where I was burning out into another one, that's what made me really think like, what are other women experiencing? They, I can't imagine I'm the only person getting mired in these spin cycles of burnout. And so I just had to start having those conversations to see like, could this actually become something? And then decided to take it into a book. And actually I uh, landed a literary agent a few weeks ago. And so we're taking that book to market. So even related to your conversation around money, I yeah. deeply believe I'll be able to pay my bills from this work and do the kind of impact that I want to do by starting with this book. But it is still a gamble. It yeah. is still a hundred percent a gamble. Amber, I just can't not do it. It's like something inside of me just said, there's something here and this is so important. Don't let money get in the way and fear get in the way of going down this road and at least seeing if it's if it can be something. Now, we could be having this conversation six months from now and I could be back in corporate, but I don't believe that's going to happen because just the reaction to these topics and conversations and the way we are all collectively awakening to a, a new way moving forward. I, I deeply believe we will be seeing uh, massive, we're already seeing massive shifts with the great resignation, but continuing to see shifts and want to be a part of supporting women along that way. Yeah, I totally, yes, I, I 
completely hear you. And, you know, honestly, for your situation, I think it was complete survival, right? Like you're just like, I mean, you just had to leave. And so the things that I want to talk about um, in this um, is to not get to your point of where you were, right? Like, it's like, how do we help women? And hopefully they don't have sexual harassment issues, right? Like, like just talking more straight of like, they're burned out. They like, no, they don't want their job, do this job anymore. They don't know what to do. And like hitting it, like before they get to the point where you got right, where you're just like, They're like, you just had to flee, right? You're just like, oh my gosh, like you were, it's fight or flight, right? So, okay. So let's talk about this. Why do you think so many, we'll talk about women specifically. I know men have, you know, are miserable in their jobs too, but because this is a show for moms, why do you think so many of the women stay in jobs that they just feel miserable in? It is, it's so tough for, for women in particular, because of the expectations that have been put on us by society and the way that we have been raised to be caretakers and to put others' needs first, to be loyal and do all of the things that good girl conditioning tells us that we should do. I deeply believe that this is one of the root causes of why we stay somewhere where we know we're miserable and we don't want to be there anymore, but we feel like we have to show up for the people at work. We've got to take care of our families. We've got to earn that paycheck, put food on the table, all of those things. And it can be really frightening to even think I was, I was honestly amazed when I founded Race to Rise and put out my call for stories to ask for women to reach out if they'd been a part of the great resignation. In that initial call for stories, I had nearly an equal number of women reach out who were feeling stuck and wanting to quit, which I was so floored by. But these are women, even not just women who are like, I'm so scared to quit my job and leave and become an entrepreneur. We're talking fear and just even looking for another corporate job. And I think it's like we, can create these based on everything we've been taught and told about how we should architect our careers and how we need to show up as moms or as women and in these more caretaking roles, we can end up then with these glass walls in our mind related to what we think we can and can't do. And the shoulds just become so paralyzing that we can struggle to even look beyond and see what's possible. I would hear women telling me, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And, and of course, right. Like in some, in some circumstances, there are really gravity is real. And so is having to pay our bills. Like sometimes it really is that like, sometimes a woman couldn't make a move because of financial issues or health concerns or things like that. But for the most part, what I was seeing is women running into these arbitrary walls in their minds that were far more mental and related to fear and conditioning and cognitive biases than it was to actual reality, which I just found to be so fascinating. Do you feel like you can achieve so much in life but your weight loss? 
Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you want to leave counting calories and dieting behind. Or maybe you find yourself spending so much energy thinking about how to lose weight, what to eat, and even can you keep this off if you get to goal? I know for me, that was the case before 2019 when I lost over 50 pounds and I kept it off. And I want to help you lose weight the way that I did it. I want to help you figure out why is the weight a symptom for something else going on in your life? Because did you know that the weight gain is not usually based off of hunger issues? It's usually because you're not fulfilled in other areas of your life. So we go for food because it's a quick dopamine hit or a quick fix. So if you want to figure out how to live life without worrying about going to a party or going on vacation or staying at other people's homes without gaining weight, then this session is for you. How it works is you jump on a 30-minute coaching session with me. We come up with a plan right then and there so you can implement it the moment we get off our Zoom call. If you decide that you want to work that plan with me and have that weekly accountability for several months and dive deep to figure out what is really holding you back, we can do that too. But there is no pressure to do that. If you just want to jump on and chat with me and get your plan, that is a-okay. These mini coaching sessions are my way to give back to you guys. So I hope you take advantage of it. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at Living. Or if you know this is something you really have been wanting to do, but you've just been sitting on the fence, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching and grab a day and time that works for you. If you can't find a day or time that works for you, you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me at mominspiredliving, whatever works best for you. This will all be in the show notes so that if you forget what I just said, go to the show notes and you'll get all that information. I can't wait to chat. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, that is really fascinating. I mean, I just, it is, it's so interesting just to listen to so many stories, right? Like, and I I don't know, when you start like putting people together, I'm sure like you just start hearing the overlap of similar responses, even though they're slightly different, like how I asked you, like, what would you tell your younger self? And I think that's what's so fascinating. I wanted to ask you this too, is, you know, but like when people are like in those miserable jobs, right. And they're like, okay, but I got to got to support everybody. I'm the caretaker, like you're saying, and whatnot. Now knowing what you know, and then like your body's breaking down, you're, you're just like in a toxic, you know, workplace. How do you know when you've reached the point that like your job is literally taking more than what it's giving? Like, Cause you know, sometimes things are just hard, right? So you're just yes, like, okay, this is sure. really hard, hard job. And I, I do need to work. I need to put, you know, food on the table. Like, but from what you have gathered from speaking to all these women and then also your personal experience, what could you tell moms that you're like, okay, this is probably something to look for so that you yes. kind of know it's coming down, you know, down the road. Definitely. Well, Related to anything as far as our physical, physical symptoms or emotional and mental well-being, when we're starting to see the toll on those aspects of ourselves, that is telling us that this will eventually become a situation in which we're going to need to leave. And so it's just, I'm, I'm with you because certainly I stayed in two organizations where my health was being just pummeled, but I felt like I needed the paycheck or even, you know, if I'm completely honest, I felt like I needed to stay at each of those organizations for a year because I didn't want a black mark on my resume, but I just couldn't do it. But anytime our bodies are starting to show the wear and tear of these situations, we will eventually have to leave. Now, 
The one thing I will say, though, as a caveat to that, is that sometimes when we have these symptoms, they can also be telling us that there's something for us to try and fix in a situation. But I put that as the caveat and like the asterisk mm. rather than the at the forefront of the um the discussion, because sure. sometimes it can point to us and say, okay, maybe it is, I do need to have a conversation with my boss about flexibility or, um, the, you know, being able to leave at four o'clock to, to go pick up my kids. And then I log on and I do some things at night to make up the time or whatever that might be. It may be that we do need to voice that something's not working for us and advocate for ourselves. But what I will say is that even if we do that, and once we do that, and if we're not heard, respected, and the the company isn't showing the same sort of willingness to work with us as we are with, you know, providing our loyalty to them, then we will have to leave as well. So for me, it's, we know our bodies are so brilliant. And when I talked to women, the one red thread running through all of the interviews that I did was that every woman reached a moment of knowing when mm. she had to quit. Yeah. It was potentially or potentially accompanying uh, some mental gymnastics like spreadsheets or pro con lists or things like that. But those were never the deciding factors. And I was just so blown away because I was part of the camp that was like, we, well, we're taught to approach our careers with logic and pragmatism and like find that stability and security and chase the fatter paycheck and the fancier titles. And that's supposed to lead us to career uh, stability and security and therefore bliss. I, I don't know, but that seemed to be the picture that was painted for us. And then on the other side, I'm talking to all these women and it was just this like deeper knowing that they had to walk away. I had this aha moment of like, oh my gosh, I think we've been, we've been doing this wrong. We've also had to cut off these more intuitive parts of ourselves to even show up in workplaces. Because if you think about it, workplaces were designed by men for men to keep them comfortable and happy for the most part and in power versus then women coming in, you know, decades ago. But it was really not until the Equal Rights Amendment in 1972 that our presence in the workplace was protected and that we were deserving of equality in the workplace. Like that's not that long ago, all told. And so we've lost touch of the parts of us that are, are really strong in us, like these intuitive parts to show up in a man's world of work where mental prowess is put on a pedestal. So it's a fascinating thing to me that if we get in touch with this deeper intuitive part of ourselves and our bodies, as we're thinking about these decisions and realizing where what might be right or wrong in our lives. Like that is where the magic lies. That's where our wisdom is. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Um, okay. So as we get close to um, the end of the show, I want to ask if you could have done things differently, right? Like pretend the sexual harassment thing wasn't happening. If you were just quitting because you were just feeling the burnout, what would you want to tell women in regards to preparing to quit? Like if you could have done this, like, okay, I know I'm going to quit and I don't feel like I need to just like say, see you later. Right. Like, and be, and yes. be like gone Bye. Right. Like what, what would you say? This is what I would suggest doing to prepare yourself to quit. 
Great question. I love this question so much because you could look at my story and think that I am advocating for a full walkout of all women tomorrow or these burn it down moments. And really, that's not what it's about. It is about coming home to yourself. We to show up in the world and do all the things that have been expected of us to be moms, to be perfect workers, to, you know, kind of like keep all of the plates spinning. Um, we have had to take on a lot of beliefs and systems that aren't even necessarily our own related to how we think we should approach our careers. So my greatest recommendation is to do that inventory, to actually look at your career and where you want to go from here as an exploration in inner work rather than external work. Because we're taught to just find like the industry, the type of job, the salary, the benefits, the yada, 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 like all the things outside of ourselves versus if we were to come back and actually ask ourselves things like, what what do I really want out of my career? Is this uh, industry that I've picked even something that I still enjoy? Because like seasons of life call for different approaches to our careers and We know we evolve so much personally as humans. Our careers need to be able to do that with us as well. Even though we were taught as kids, like pick the one job that you think you're going to want to do for the next 40 years, even though your prefrontal cortex of your brain hasn't even fully developed, but like do it, (laughs) pick it. Yeah, It's just like, it's so, it's so silly when we think about it. So now we have this opportunity in this moment of awakening to start to say, how should work fit into my life? What have I been taught related to what I think I need to have in my career that is actually somebody else's belief that I don't want to take forth with me? So an example could be, it could be for me, like getting to that C-suite position. I thought that that was what I wanted. Now, I I suppose I had the benefit of getting there, seeing that it was really just a house of cards that I built and I wanted nothing to do with it and, you know, being able to let it go once I got there. But I think that once, if we get really honest with ourselves, we will start to see that things that we think we are supposed to do or want to do may not actually be ours. And then we start to shed the layers and excavate more of our kind of like our truest version of ourself. And we use that part and that deeper intuitive part of us to architect our careers moving forward. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be perfect and not Uh, There won't, you know, that there won't be valleys and like it would just be all sunshine and roses. That's not the point. But we will feel so much more whole and it will be worth it going on that kind of a journey rather than just taking what everybody else has told us we have to do related to work. We get to craft our dream and, and make it work for us moving forward. I absolutely love that. Yeah, so true. Um, Okay, Sarah, we're at the end of the show. Is there anything that you want to add that we might have skipped over or or a point that you wanted to make that, um, that came up in your mind while we were talking? I just think for for the moms who are listening to this, I just want you to know how amazing and powerful you are. And we really saw during the pandemic how moms kept the wheels turning between home and remote schooling and work. And I just, I think that there's, you know, there's very good reason why more than 50% of women are feeling burnt out now. So give yourself that grace and, 
and love for yourself for what you did and how you showed up, even if at times you felt like you were in survival mode and know that you can craft a better way forward. That's just the the last piece I'd like to leave is like, give yourself some real compassion because this has been a really hard two years and you are not alone. More than 50% of women intend to quit their jobs in the next 50, or excuse me, in the next two years, according to a survey by Deloitte Global that came out earlier this year. Mm. And it's for very good reason. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it really just changed up the dynamic of working. And like you said before, the childcare, trying to figure out how are you working with kids at home and all this stuff, trying to carry on a normal schedule when there was no normal schedule. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so we just have to, we have got to give ourselves so much love and grace and compassion for doing amazingly well, considering the circumstances, you know? Yes, exactly. Okay. So Sarah, where can everyone find you? And I also will put that in the show notes as well. Perfect. My website is raisetorise.com and you can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram as Sarah J. McElroy on both platforms. And I would love to connect with anyone. This has been by far the greatest joy of my professional career and helping women identify what is going to work for them moving forward and finding their their power and agency related to how they architect their careers within themselves, because we all have that within ourselves. Going back to the advice that I gave myself at the beginning, you know what is right and what is best for you. I'm happy to uh, to support and help you to, to find that within. That's awesome. Yes, that was great. And Yeah. I'm going to put that all in the show notes because I know so many people are like driving or working out whatever when they're listening. And so Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so great speaking with you. And I know that this is going to inspire and just really get the, you know, ball rolling. I think for people who are just feeling kind of stuck and they know that they probably need to quit, but maybe they're just like, you know, they're just kind of afraid or they're just like, I don't know. So I hope that this episode really kind of encourages them to think about what life do they want and do they just want to keep staying in a job that feels miserable. So thank you so much for coming out today. Definitely. Well, thank you, Amber. It was wonderful being here. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more on how to work with me, go to momsbirdshow.com forward slash coaching. See you there. 